Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Sunranto Show is brought to you by all of our Patreon patrons. Find out more how you can listen early and ad-free to this podcast at patreon.com slash sunranto. This podcast is brought to you with ads by my bookie. Um, you know, you're probably a football fan if you're a baseball fan, and you know this as the seasons change. Well, guess what? Now it's playoff season, and it's time to, to gamble. So, uh, you know, it's, we're there. This is the time to get off the sidelines and get in the game with my bookie. Okay, my bookie is the premier place to bet on all your favorite pro and college football action every weekend. And they have the most up-to-date lines and the most prop bets of any sports book on the planet. So if you're going to bet this season, do the smart thing and bet with the best. They're called my bookie. Now, if you want to bet a little and win a lot, try a parlay. Pick your locks for the week, put them together in one parlay bet, and when they all come through, the rewards will be huge. Huge. Tired of watching the game from the couch with nothing to gain? Well, my bookie wants to get your mind off everything else and back on the game. The best part is, if you join right now, my bookie will double your first deposit. Double. That's right. If you put in $1,000, they'll give you $1,000. That's like making $1,000 for not doing anything. That's double your initial deposit, if you can do the math. Uh, use promo code CHAIR, and that activates the offer. C-H-A-I-R. Promo code CHAIR doubles your cash. Visit mybookie.ag today. You play, you win, and you get paid. Here's the show. Kobe blue blood flowing through our veins. Sitting in the bleachers in the rain. We've shed a million tears and drank as many old style beers out at the game. Let's go, Kobe Sunrento. Michael Cotton. Sunrento. Michael Cotton. Sunrento and the So that's how you're going to close out the decade, huh? That was your choice. You didn't like that? <laughs> I mean, it was okay, but, you know, for the last word of the decade, I thought you'd have like a like a horn or something like that. Or it's like- been kind of a shitty decade. I mean, shitty <laughs> end to a decade, I guess. We, we won't count the end. You wanted a horn? You want wah, wah, wah. Like yeah, that. there you go. Air horns, like that's what you need. That's what you needed. Finger air horns. <laughs> oh, by yeah, the way, I'm I mean, not. I gave you the, I gave you the little, you know, Mister Hanky, the Christmas poo last time. All right, you at like, least you're switching it up. He's switching his plates. Um, welcome to the Sunranto Show. I am your host, one of them, anyway, Danny Rocket. <laughs> one of them. One of them. One of them. I'm not, I'm, I'm not like the other guys, but I'm. Yeah. Uh, you know those people you point at and you're like, I don't want to be like them. Them. <laughs> and, of course, the other thems on this show, we've got... Uh, High cotton. 
Old time that I'm not forgotten. That's actually the pronoun that I like to go by. I'm not a him or a her. I'm a them. I'm a them. Well, that actually is a pronoun. <laughs> good, good for I, you. I know. I'm an English major. And uh, also on the show, <laughs> uh, right back from uh, Colorado, IA, where he was uh, neighbors with Michael Cotton for the where Christmas holiday. Where he literally holiday. shafted me. Did not t- He's like, fuck that, dude. I'm not going anywhere near him. He's got to hang out with you enough. I was in uh, Ward, Colorado. Uh, yeah, definitely we did some skiing, some snowshoeing, just a lot of winter activities. By the time I was done, I was exhausted by the end of the day. Yeah, where'd you go skiing? Uh, El Dorado. Eldora? Eldora, yeah, that's what it is, Eldora. What do you think of that place? It was, I mean, compared to, like, you know, skiing in this area, like Wisconsin, it was fun. It was a lot of fun. I've lived here for 10 years. I have never gone there because just I don't know. I've always heard it's icy and it's rough. And, and I always hear like every year somebody dies there. I mean, luckily it wasn't you this year. Yeah, it wasn't me this year, but. <laughs> I'll be listening to the radio and they're like, ah, somebody died up at Eldora. I'm like, ah, that, that place just is like a widow maker. But I, if, you ever, if you're from the area and you've ever been to Wilmont or Alpine Valley or some of these things that we call hills here in, in Illinois and oh, yeah. Wisconsin, <laughs> Eldora was just fine for us. We were, we were pretty happy there. Oh, no. I, people seem seem to really like it i think that's why so many people die i think people from illinois go there and like people from colorado are like hey let's go up to eldora and then the illinois person dies because they're used to like 500 feet (laughs) uh by the way uh for our non-spanish speaking audience um eldora means the dora (laughs) (laughs) it really does yeah just so you yell The, the dora to the rockies I, I, I don't want any conf- I don't want any confusion. All, all I know is that one time I went up to Gunnison, Colorado. I took a little puddle jumper plane in January up uh, from from Denver. And uh, when I landed in Gunnison, I saw not less than five people with casts on their legs and crutches. And I was like, you know what? I've never been skiing before, and I don't think I'm going to start. <laughs> yeah. So that's why I've never broken my leg. Knock on wood. And, uh, well, we got a couple of announcements. There's really not much Cubs stuff to talk about except for Whoa, that the end what of decade. are you talking about? They've signed everyone. Uh, well, everyone that you never heard of. Yes, we got all those guys. <laughs> we in got every single guy on the free agent list. Even guys not on the free agent list we managed to get this year. But uh, first, I want to thank, first of all, thank Crawley for basically running the Christmas, you know, this is your party now, right, Crawley? The the Rangers Christmas Carol party. Crawley busts in to bar after bar in Wrigleyville, tells them to shut their music off so we can sing, and we rolled twenty deep through Wrigleyville and had a blast bar hopping. And oh, and I met some new people. We picked up some stragglers again outside on waveland i mean it's just the best event of the year it's i'm I'm smiling like my face hurts from smiling right now even hanging giving uh bill sugars his first malore shot was a highlight for me uh i didn't know that was his first i believe it was his first malore shot correct Mm. oh funny story also his last (laughs) (laughs) Well, his we, last we, we, we bust. We went into an engagement party, yeah, over at Murphy's. Oh yeah, uh, and congratulations to Bob Krause and Jill. They're uh, get, they just got engaged on the night of the the Ranters Christmas Carol party, and um, so yeah, where were they? Murphy's. 
right? Yep. And they had yeah, that little side room. We went in there and sang them a couple songs. So we had an engagement going on. We we picked up stragglers. We we hit the ice rink. Um, we met some new people. I mean, what a great time! If um, and thanks for every to everybody that showed up because it's just great to see you all again. We've been been together a while now. This you know this is the end of the seventh year of the Sun Ranto show. We will go into year eight next year. Well, I will. <laughs> you know, Michael wasn't on. When did you come on? 2014? Twenty fourteen. Twenty fifteen. The spring training of twenty fifteen. Boy, so you caught that my, right. This will be <laughs> my sixth Christ. season. Well, yeah, that was the whole thing. Like <laughs> since I had started, the Cubs had been in the at least the uh, what you call it. Uh, the basement, <laughs> the, the 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 doormat of the National no, League. No, the NLCS. Oh, so yeah. since you from started, the time I the, started, yeah. that was spring training of 2015. They were in the NLCS up until you know, obviously 2018. But it was yeah. we we thought it was some sort of a a good luck charm. It turns out you it's you, not. you had a good run. You had a good run. Yeah. I had a good run. That was like the best run in Cubs history that anybody, well, that the Cubs have had, and you just caught it perfectly. And Crawley, I've known you since pretty much I started, I came back to Chicago because you're always at the game. I I don't even remember when I met you, but I'm sure it was like the first day I went back to Wrigley. <laughs> yeah, there's Cubs cons. Yeah, right when you came back, it was, uh, and and a lot of good times over the years, you know? So like many. I just- I keep thinking about, like I said, smiling about that Ranto caroling party. I had a, a friend of mine who's a, who went. He's a, a bartender he, for many years at the Audi Club. His name is Jimmy. Um, oh, I love that guy. He was yeah, he from, was a lot of fun. From Club Four Hundred, he uh, he he was a beloved bartender when they had the Audi Club over at Wrigley, and now he's in the Maker Mark Barrel Room. And he texted me the next day, and he said, "I don't even remember the last time I had that much fun." Yep. I mean, that, and here's the thing. Cubs had a shit year. Cubs could suck next year. We don't know. We're still going to do the Ranchers party and remember that we had fun. And that's the that's the beauty of it. So, uh, thanks. And it takes everybody. It takes everybody showing up and participating and, you know. And so, I'm just so happy when it, it all works and a plan comes together and everybody has a great time. I'm sure there will be one year that will be just the worst. <laughs> like, it's going to, it's going to, like, rain, sleet, sideways. Um, you know, so, every there's going to be a fight. This was the first event of the year that there wasn't a fight at. I'm pretty impressed. That's, that's always good. Um, did you get to go into uh, the theater? The theater. What? On uh, what's his name was doing his show. We oh, actually it, did go in there, but it, it's really hard to you know when we get everybody going and everybody's having drinks at bars with John Vincent's show. It, we had to be there at a certain time. We didn't make it. We, we tried to catch it, the no. end and and it didn't work out. But he was very kind to us and had some nice words. And John had a great run of shows uh, that sold out the final weekend. So it was a good time. Yeah, that's what that's John Vincent's show because I remember you guys are going to try and and sneak in there infiltrate yeah time and seeing but we did but it was too late and then the t- and he had already done like two encores and like you know we have to get there and inter- <laughs> he's like waiting these fucking guys won't show up <laughs> he's like, he's like I'm fin- <laughs> fucking and now the end is near for like the, he's like he's like i'll sing my way again right <laughs> he, he sang uh my kind of town 12 yeah, times. 12 times just waiting for us <laughs> and then he was like now you guys are fucking done yep now that's exactly what happened I'm actually excited to hear about the newest edition of the Ranter calendar. 
Oh, yeah. I, I started making this today. I couldn't sleep last night. I woke up at five in the morning, and I just woke up and started looking through my pictures from the year. And, you know, it the, my photographs kind of represent the year we have had. I've got a lot of guys like you know, holding on to another guy being helped off the field as he limps. I got a few of those. And uh, no, there's some great shots and stuff. And, uh, you know, there's definitely enough to make a calendar. But I, the thing I love about the calendar most is everybody else's pictures that are in the calendar. And I started making it and I put it for sale. It's at sunranto.com slash swag. Um, or you could just go to sunranto.com and click swag. It'll bring you to the same place. And uh, we're trying to raise money. I mean, I don't even know how much I that even clears, like maybe like five or six bucks off each calendar or something. But all that profit's going to go to helping the Bleacher Bum Band make this record because uh, we got to pay for rehearsal space, which is like 400 bucks a month. Uh, which we don't even use, except for when we are in there recording, which we should probably get rid of. But that's not a, <laughs> a conversation for this podcast. <laughs> but but uh, here's I'm starting from scratch uh, because we got a lot of stragglers from the last couple of years being on there because I just import the old thing. So I'm going to do the extra work and re-import it all and do it one by one because uh, you're worth it. And you know, I know a lot of people. There's been some fights about birthdays. Well, here's what it is: if you don't buy the calendar, you're not in the calendar. And uh, we'll just do it that way from from now on. And it, it, just a reminder: it's not a swimsuit edition. It, no, it, it, we'll get there. <laughs> we'll get there. It, it, you know, it, I, we had to like ease people into this calendar idea. But what I love about it is it's got all the like you know ignominious dates in uh, Cubs history, like Rally Titties Day, and of course I'm going to add My Ty Steals a Ball from a Child Day, and <laughs> we, we, you know, we'll have all sorts of things like that, some memorable uh, maybe I'll take some stuff out, add some stuff back, but um, anyway it's a great calendar, it's been on my wall all year, I am the king of never changing the month on my calendar, like people give you calendars at the holidays, you know what I mean and um I never change the month. Like I look up, it's like August 26th. And I look up, it's still on April. You know what I mean? But uh, not this calendar. This calendar, I actually like to switch and remember all the people and their birthdays. And so uh, be a part of it and uh, buy a calendar and get your face and name and birthday in there and see all the fun pictures I took this year at Wrigley. Um, one more thing. Um, I would love to include more pictures of us all hanging out. And often, especially of the Bleacher Bum Band, like Crawley, you take such great pictures at all the events. You know, you always, you know, are on all that shit. And um, so I'd love to include some of your photographs. And if you have some great photos, please like post them. It's all tagged on the uh, pinned on the Ranter or Sunranto Ranters page, or you can uh, email me at sunranto at gmail. But even if you pictures. don't submit pictures, the cool thing is is you start to kind of put names with faces. So if you ever decide to come to an event, you're not kind of just like, oh, who's this? Who's that? It's yeah. like you can study your calendar, study your calendar. <laughs> you know who's going to be there. So when we say Bill Sugars, you can put a name with to a face and all that. And it's a lot of fun. Yeah. Well, everybody knows who Bill Sugars is. I'm using Bill as an example, but definitely, you know, good to, good to kind of. You know how it is. Whenever I go to these events, you know you have a couple of beers when you start to meet people, and then you have a whole lot more beers and malore shots, and then you forget names. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then Bill Sugars almost dies. And, <laughs> and that was the second time he almost died was with that malore shot. Um, 
We have to get sponsored by Malort. We should become a Malort podcast. Like, they don't even have to give us more than a bottle of Malort each, maybe a month, <laughs> to, to get a commercial for them out here. So, you know our friend uh, Andy from uh, Briz Blue, who uh, she does uh, Yeah, happy birthday, Andy. Yeah, it was her birthday, and I said, you know, happy birthday, Andy. You know, and I, you know, I, uh, I said I'll get you a shot of Malor for your birthday. Uh, you know, and I tagged Malor, and so you know, sometimes you get, you know, and when you tweet enough, sometimes all of a sudden I've had Rizzo like something I put out or Zobris, and you get excited. I had Carl Jepson like my tweet, and I was very excited. The Carl Jepson. I believe it is not an intern. It must have been the real Carl Jepson. But just to Carl say Jepson. Carl Jepson likes your tweet was a very exciting moment for oh, me as yeah. a highlight. God, I love when corporations like me. Um, so um, next announcement, and we'll, we'll get through this because there's lots of Cubs news we got to get into. Um, the unconventional, speaking of fun with friends, uh, on uh, January 18th, we're going to do it at G-Man Tavern. We'll have raffles. I got some stuff to raffle off and uh, prizes uh, for those raffles. Bobbleheads. Uh, Crawley, you gave a... Uh, Pedro Strope bobblehead. Pedro Strope bobblehead, absolutely. That's probably the grand prize. Um, And uh, also, uh, this is a little announcement, but uh, Corey, Andy, and Tawny, you know, from uh, Ivy Envy. Well, Tawny's not on Ivy Envy. She's been on it, but um, uh, that's Corey's wife. They have a band, and they're not sure what they're going to call it, but maybe it's going to be called Date Night, which I like. It's a good name, right? Good name, yeah. For a band. They're playing. They're going to be playing the unconventional. So this is going to be their debut gig. They're going to do like four or five songs. And um, I'm really excited to see them. It, Corey's like, we're loud, but we're melodic. <laughs> I talked to him today. <laughs> he's like, we're loudly melodic. I'm like, great. I'm just, everybody's, he's, then he's like, I hate singing. <laughs> I'm like, well, are you the lead singer? He's like, yeah. <laughs> I'm like, well, this is going to be great. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm super excited to see them. The Bleacher Bump Band is going to play. And um, we got to pay $200. It's basically a straight rental at G-Man. They gave me, you know, they cut me a break. We get the whole night out there. We do do whatever we want. It's going to cost us 200 bucks so they can cover their, cover their costs. Um, so I guess we have like a suggested bucket donation of like 20 bucks to come. And um, once again, we're trying to raise money and make this album, uh, which is my, and uh, this event is pinned, also pinned to the Ranters page, but I think it's a, uh, Sunranto event on the Sunranto Facebook page. I don't know how these things work. It's all, um, well, kind of a mess. Facebook sucks now. Michael, you decided this a while ago. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, Facebook has been horrible for years and years and years. And uh, it's only proven to just get worse. Mm -hmm. I'm no longer on there. I have to look every so often. My wife, who is covering the uh, ranchers page, Every so often we'll be like, hey, look, somebody posted a picture. Look, it's a number 69 and 85 <laughs> people said nice. <laughs> that's, yep. that's the only thing she ever tells me. Yep. That's the ranters page for you. But um, now, you know, now, now I actually, the one good thing about it is that she understands that joke. And so that's a joke that we can actually share when we're out and, you know, she'll see a 69 somewhere and she'll just be like, nice. So. That's fun. Yeah. Brought me and the wife closer together. <laughs> Good. I was just going to say. usually no, does. No, 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 no closer <laughs> to actually doing the 69, but 
if we see that number, she will say it's nice. Well, I mean, it maybe you get even a little... though she doesn't think the actual thing is nice at all. <laughs> TMI. There we go. <laughs> Yeah, well, yeah. she did. She did with me. No, this is she good. doesn't. <laughs> so, uh, final announcement. Um, uh, we are, re- and I've said it already, but we are recording this album. And I was told by another musician friend that nobody buys music anymore. And now I already knew that. So uh, basically, we're going to sell it up front. And the way my friend did it was with a Kickstarter or like a GoFundMe kind of thing, which I've done before, obviously, uh, to raise money for all of you guys who would have dead parents um but um (laughs) well that's what i used it for you know just imagine this album as danny's dead parents yeah and uh so anyway uh we're gonna launch we're we're uh coming up with ideas now of different tiers like for example my friend uh i'll shout him out uh he i played with him with a band called doofus which is awesome look them up and um, they uh, now have a band called Multibird, and he lives upstate New York. They tour Europe a lot, and uh, it's, it's pretty crazy music, but I, I dig it a lot. But uh, yeah, Seth is making a new album, and uh, like I support it at the $75 level because he knows somebody that makes custom um, mouth harps. So I bought a $75 mouth harp and helped him make his album, which the mouth harp really probably cost 20 bucks, you know, tops. But, um, you know, 50 bucks, like, yay, make this record. And um, anyway, we're going to do a Kickstarter soon or a GoFundMe or whatever. And uh, it's just to help us finish the record, help us pay expenses, we're, uh, you know, pay for our space, microphones. Uh, we're going to print up probably actual albums, like old school records, like I don't even have a record player, but I guess the the kids like this kind of the, thing. You're, you're saying a wax cylinder. We're going wax. We're going. We're putting it on wax. So the there's wax, gonna- the wax cylinder that you'll need a one of those old timey uh, big brass bell. Sort oh of yeah, you got to invest. You got to invest to enjoy this record. Right. It's gonna it's gonna cost you another twenty five hundred dollars to get the old timey machine to play it on yeah but uh we'll, we'll take 50 of that and when you buy our wax cylinder <laughs> record that we'll have printed up it's uh, what a 78 i believe um so anyway i'll, I, I'll be releasing kind of previews of this stuff at the five dollar patreon level for this show uh i released something the other day i don't know if it makes the album or not because it's seven minutes long my song about uh, eram bithorn i was really blown away by that when i saw that you had a song and then it was seven minutes i'm like it's the hey jude of do a podcast without me no it's it's the hey jude of uh first puerto rican failed players in the major leagues (laughs) and then i thought because it said demo version i'm like maybe this is two versions of the same song no that's like when musicians say hey we're gonna do a new one from the stage that means we might fuck this up (laughs) <laughs> and so demo version means I did not mix it. It's it's not really ready. But it, that's the kind of thing I kind of like releasing to Patreon people because it kind of, you know, when you hear the final version, because I've got ideas for like, you know, adding strings and other vocals and stuff like that to make seven minutes interesting. <laughs> um, uh, you know, it, I, I think it's interesting for people to hear you know, kind of, uh, Patreon suggested I do this. That's all I'm saying. They're like, your patronage sucks. Why don't you do these things? And I'm like, okay, maybe I will. 
<laughs> that's basically how that's working. So anyway, I'm going to be doing more of that. And, and, and hey, we need help recording this album and because uh, it costs us money. And I would really love it if you'd all participate once we put it for sale. The You know, you can get a download of it for 10 bucks, but we're just kind of asking you to prepay, <laughs> you know, for it. So... Anyway, look for that. It's coming soon. We'll have it out soon. And I'm hoping, getting back to the first announcement, that we'll have the Rancher calendars for delivery at the unconventional. So that's my goal. Maybe we have a week. Give it till like a week from today, like next Sunday. Was that the 6th? 5th? Yeah, something like that. 5th, 6th, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's when I'll finalize the entire thing. So, well, uh, to uh, just kind of uh, wrap this uh Christmas season in a little bow. I thought we'd play one final Christmas song uh, from Chris Soloto, who had been thinking about doing uh, ranting around the Christmas tree, which is a great idea. And uh, well, he recorded it, and um, here it is. Good evening, ranters, and Merry Christmas to you all. Merry Christmas, Chris. uh, My submission for the Ranters Christmas album with a huge assist from our Lord and Savior, Bill Sugis. (laughs) <laughs> See? I appreciate the help. Everybody knows Bill. Kicking the ass uh, for inspiration to get off my ass and actually do something. So here we go. <laughs> Here's ranting around the Christmas tree. <laughs> ranting around the Christmas tree. Danny Rockets on the mic. Yeah. High cotton and crawlet to Cubstradamus. Take a hike. Oh, yeah. There we go. Yeah. Ranting Take around. It. The Christmas tree and the ranting shall commence. What do you think Michael will say when the wind blows down his fence? (laughs) You will get a really shitty... Oh, fuck. (laughs) What happened there? I I accidentally pressed something. Oh, damn it. All right, hold that up. Good evening, ranters. Christmas tree, Danny Rockets on the mic. Start here. High cotton and crawlet to Cubstradamus, take a hike. This oh, is yeah. the demo version. Ranting around. Yeah, exactly. Christmas tree <laughs> and the ranting shall commence. Sings better than you. What <laughs> do you think right. Michael will say when the wind blows down his fence? <laughs> you will get a really shitty feeling when you hear <laughs> Rick, it's broke, we have no money, suck. My ass, that shit ain't funny. <laughs> Ranting around the Christmas tree 2020 season's fucked. At least October will be free. No dealing with Joe Buck. He sounded like Merry you Christmas, at the end. Fuckers. Yeah, I, yeah. I felt like that last buck. I was like, I could really relate to that note. <laughs> yeah, you're like, that's how I would have done it. That's how I would have done the whole song. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> oh, great job. And thank you, Bill and Artie and John. Like, you guys were like rock stars this Christmas season. I can't wait till next year. Did you? I don't think I saw it. Did you even see the uh, the Joe West getting run over by Rajay Davis song that I put out? No. Oh, see, that the Salado song is uh, actually a reply on my song. I well, did a song, uh, one last song for Bill on Christmas Day so he couldn't come back at me. Oh, see, all right, now you've got to send me that song and we'll end the show with it. Oh, shit. Yeah. I don't have it. It's on. It's on Twitter only. Yeah, I, can, I, I, I replied to it. Twitter. I replied with a GIF. 
Yeah, but if it's on Twitter, I can still get it. Okay, well, I'll <laughs> fucking find it and send it to you on Twitter. You'll, you'll well, never you get it. You it's only on Twitter. It. It's very it's very exclusive. <laughs> <laughs> well, clearly I made sure that you couldn't see it. <laughs> yeah, I know I missed that one. I mean, you know, it was Christmas. I was at church. It was, uh, <laughs> yeah. I feel bad, but my mom played three. She's 81. She's still playing masses, still directing the choir. Um, and I, she's like, Christmas morning, she's like, do you want to go? And I was like, no. I'm like, I'll make some soup while you're gone. <laughs> and so I made butternut squash soup while she was at church. And I would love to participate, but, you know. You'll make some soup out of the blood of Christ. Yeah. And I did. I did. And now everybody's saved. So, um, Cubs news, uh, not much, uh, Crawl, you put this in here. Uh, Joe Madden and his giant thank you ad to Chicago. That was really nice. You know, Joe Madden. Uh, you know, we'll talk a little bit more about this later on the show. But we Let's just talk about him now. Well, we witnessed the greatest decade of Cubs baseball literally since the 1930s. Yeah, as far as winning percentage goes, and and Joe Madden was a big part of that. And you know, he as much as we kind of you know some people eye rolled some of his things. I really I really kind of bought into what Joe Madden brought to Chicago as far as the Cubs are concerned. Uh, he did have a nice pat. Um, he took a page ad in the Tribune. Uh, him and his wife, and and basically it was a lot of his T-shirt slogans and stuff like that. <laughs> he, but, he was just selling more T-shirts. He's like, I'm getting one one last, one last fucking Christmas season out of these assholes. One last score. <laughs> <laughs> Don't let the pressure exceed the pleasure. <laughs> if you if you go through it, each of these quotes were sayings that he kind of, that were kind of what he brought in. He would always kind of bring in something, uh, you know. Uh, do simple betters when it was is on there. Respect uh, never, never forget the heartbeat. Understand data versus art. You remember he had all the kind of crazy art that he was having, like Dolly stuff and stuff put on like jackets and stuff. And then at the end, he said, "Thank you for the past five years for your passion, your open hearts and minds for uh, forging everlasting relationships and for sharing your beautiful city with Jay and me. Jay being his wife, so it was it was a nice little gesture to say goodbye to Chicago and." If I'll miss him for one. I'll be honest. I will miss him. I know yeah. I didn't agree with every move. Um, sometimes, you know, I, I I never liked how he handled the Addison Russell situation with uh, the domestic abuse. But in general, I, I it was five of the most enjoyable years of Cubs baseball in my entire 40-year existence. Absolutely. It was a lot of fun. And he's just a fun guy. Like from even when he started with shot and a beer and like the buzz around spring training that year when – you know, he's doing his Respect Bald event, which I shaved my head at a few years. And with a help, with a lot of help from you guys over the years, we've raised, I think, probably close to $200. I mean, $2,000 for me to shave my head at his events. Does great work for kids with cancer. All the kids are out there. It's a it's an awesome event. It's a it's something that brought the players together. Well, it's I'm so sad that it's going to be across town. At, you know where the Angels play at, at what El Diablo or whatever. And um, I, I still might do it if it's happening the weekend I'm there. Which uh, by the way is the last weekend of February. That's when Club 400 is going down there with their tent and everything. Crawley, are you coming to spring training for one time in your life? I'm going to try one of these days. I don't know if it's this year because uh, the London trip is going to be kind mm-hmm. of – I just did this Colorado trip and I did, I'm did. i doing the London trip. So I think next year is going to be my uh, inaugural spring training event. Yeah, there's there's only one big trip you could do to follow this 2020 team. I mean, even one might be too much. 
I got to tell you, London's going to be an experience, even if the team's not all that great, or maybe they are, who knows, but all the people that I know that are going to London is going to be ridiculous. All I have to say is anytime you get Cardinal home games, not in St. Louis, it's a a win win for everybody (laughs) around. (laughs) Oh, um, if I don't know if Joe from obvious shirts listens to this show on the regs, um, but he should really make a shirt that says London is boring. (laughs) 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 And and in fact, maybe I steal his thunder and just make our own London is boring shirt. Or maybe just London is not boring. Yeah. London is not. Oh, there you go. Yeah. Or, you know, that's better. See, I always go negative. We really like London a lot better than St. Louis. St. Louis. Yeah, that's real catchy, Michael. <laughs> yeah, it's your complicated shirt. Compli- yeah, we should have complicated shirts that just are like pages and pages. You got to like get a magnifying glass to read what's on it. You got to flap. You got to like pull off so you can see the rest of it. Here's a shirt idea I had. And Crawley, you've got a whole line of shirts that are great. Yeah, at Crawley's Clubhouse. Uh, You're allowed to do most of those shirts still, right? I mean, that's all Uh, still up. They did did take some of them away. MLB, um, Ron Manford not only hates baseball, I guess he hates me too. Uh, They they, they pulled some of my shirts down. So we're kind of retooling a few things. We got some things in the work, hopefully, in the next couple of weeks. So I will announce that when those come out. Yeah, you should take over the shirt wing of Sunranto because my shirts really are quite sucky and they don't sell. So uh, we should just push your stuff. Um, Speaking of things that are sucky and aren't selling, um, the Marquee Network. uh, Still no deal with Xfinity. Games are, well, they're coming. I mean, there will be games. Whether or not you can watch them in the Chicagoland area uh, may not may not be up to you yeah i mean they've got a lot of holes to fill they have some deals put in place but obviously not having uh comcast that that's a big one in the chicagoland area so they need to get it going and and the thing you're looking at is they're looking to broadcast spring training games that's going to be kind of their start their official start it'll be spring training games so you're you're running low on time here i mean you're you're down to about two months really is it the kind of thing that they're just waiting until the last minute to like let everybody know that because we'll all be so appreciative when it's saved and a little cheaper than we thought. Like they're like, we told you it might be as high as 10 bucks extra, but it's only going to be seven. And like, you guys should all be so thankful. And now we just got the deal done and thank you to Xfinity. Like, is it, are they doing this on purpose to us? Like, I feel like everything is manipulated now. This sounds like a conspiracy. Well, it is, but I I, th- I know that there are people paid to fuck with us. <laughs> so, like, they're paid a hundred thousand dollars a year. Be like, here's how we can fuck with people and make them think that getting reamed in the ass is actually a benefit to them. Like, remember when they were like, ticket prices are down next year. You're like, no, you have eight hundred games in April. <laughs> like, the, they are not down. You liars. I'm just saying. You know, the other thing that we were talking about is with Marquee right now, that there really isn't a lot of talent hired. I mean, Danny, you did outside the Ivy with Comcast. Like, it's it's a it's a huge production, and you need to have people in place. You want to kind of you don't want to just open up like the first day, you know, of spring training and not have anybody really kind of know each other, have any type of flow or anything like that. Uh, they just uh, they're expected to name 
a former NFL Network anchor, Cole Wright, to be the face of Chicago studio coverage. So he's a local guy from Joliet, and he's done different gigs that include Fox Sports 1, uh, the New England Sports Network, and ESPN. So he's he's clearly a professional. But again, it, it's you want to start getting things out there. You want to get ads out there. And, and it just seems like things have been kind of still delayed. The thing I, I'm really kind of impressed about the hiring of Cole Wright is, and I said this to you before we started, and it shouldn't matter, but it really does because the Cubs are they're they're the North Side team in a still too segregated city for my liking, and Cole Wright uh, is seems to be of at least some African heritage at some point in his family history. You know what I mean? So if he's going to be the face of the Cubs, I'm I'm all for it because that's got to change, you know, because I would love for the the Cub fandom to look a little bit more like the city of Chicago does, you know, where it kind of does down at Sox Park, you know, a lot more. Like it's a little yeah. bit more of a mixed crowd of, of people that actually live in the city, which is not predominantly white but let's i mean i was looking through pictures from cup snakes today this morning when i was making the calendar i was like holy fuck the entire upper area of center field in the bleachers making a cup snake it's a bunch of fucking white people all of them yeah i'm always surprised when i'm watching games and i see a black person you know on like in the crowd like it always like shocks me i'm like oh look the Cubs have an African American fan, or a, yeah, a, a, they from Caribbean descent, or whatever it would be. But uh, you know, it's um, you know, it's. I'm glad that they would go with the face of their new network. In you know, well, they had to do something after Papa Joe's racist ass emails. They're like, all right, <laughs> we got to do something here. So you know, once again, conspiracy. But uh, so we don't know this guy. If you were a Patreon subscriber, you wouldn't be interrupted with an ad right now. But hey, you're not. Patreon.com slash Sunranto for early and ad-free listening. Guys, remember the days when you were always ready to go? Well, now you can increase your performance and get that extra confidence in bed. Listen up. BlueChew.com. That's blue, like the color blue. Blue Chew brings you the first chewable with the same FDA-approved ingredients as Viagra and Cialis so you know that they work. You can take them any time, day or night, even on a full stomach or an empty stomach. And since they're chewable, they work up to twice as fast as a pill, so you can be ready whenever an opportunity arises. Listen, I know that uh, as we get older, you can lose a little function, maybe even a little interest. Blue Chew puts you back in the game. Now, if you could benefit from this extra function and more confidence where it counts, Blue Chew is the fast and easy way to enhance your performance. Now, most guys talk a good game, but, uh, you know, Blue Chew helps you follow through. Blue Chew is prescribed online, shipped straight to your door in a discreet package, so no in-person doctor's visit, no waiting in the pharmacy, and best of all, no more awkwardness. They're made in the United States of America, and since Blue Chew prepares and ships direct, they're cheaper than a pharmacy. Well, right now we've got a special deal for our listeners. Visit BlueChew.com and get your first shipment free when you use our special promo code ARMCHAIR. A-R-M-C-H-A-I-R. Just pay the $5 shipping. Again, that's B-L-U-E-Chew.com. Promo code ARMCHAIR and you try it free. BlueChew is the better, cheaper, faster choice. 
and we thank them for sponsoring the Sunranto show. Go get it. Um, there was a little bit of uh, buzz about Kelly Kroll again the other day, who said uh, there was something. What, what was that thing with Bleacher Nation? Like, well, no, it was it was um, it was through the Athletic. It was through John Greenberg uh, does a great series called a great segment called Dollars and Cents. You know, S E N C E, and it it kind of looks at the Chicago sports media landscape, and uh, it was just kind of talking about all the changes over the last year. You know, you've lost uh, Luke Stuckmeyer's gone. You've lost Kelly Kroll now is officially done. She was doing the Bears and the Bulls beat. Uh, the, you know, obviously Comcast or NBC Sports is shifting to a you know Sox focus when it comes to baseball so <laughs> yeah great you, know, there's a lot of, <laughs> you do there's know a lot i of, work for them <laughs> I'm like great no wonder they haven't right. returned my phone calls <laughs> right so it's it's that's really the direction that they're your, going your so new show is going to be in the shower <laughs> instead <laughs> of with, outside the ivy fine with me you guys want to be a socks podcast let's go <laughs> and then uh and and the other thing and, and i think we talked about this last time i can't remember but how sad it was that cltv which uh, the sports feed live that, uh, you know, there's just a lot of people that are just, it's the landscape of Chicago sports is changing a lot last year. Yeah, it, it really has. I mean, I, I think I said on this show about the day I was at NBC sports, one of our last shows for outside the Ivy and everybody was getting fired and we didn't know. We just kind of walked into this. We're like, it's our last show. We haven't been told we're fired because we might not be told. We just might not have shows anymore. And they'll be like, uh, yeah, we don't answer your calls any longer. But um, no, it was like a sad day there. You know, it was like a big shakeup. Stuckmeyer, like you said, crawl. And you would think that they would, that Marquis would want a little bit of continuity like they do. Like Len and JD are going to be on. We know that um, already. But you'd think they'd want to have continuity with the outside coverage, but maybe they just want to install their own people and make their own Kelly Kroll out of the situation. But that doesn't make sense to me. They just might not want to pay her what she's actually worth. I think that's really hitting it right there, to be honest. Yeah, because she's like, yeah, I've got all this experience. I know everybody. I've got a rapport that's worth money. And they might be like, yeah, we're going to find somebody that looks kind of like you and you know, is the next you, and we're going to make that happen for us, and it'll cost us, I don't know, 50, 60 grand a year. I don't know what people get paid in that world. <laughs> you know, <laughs> I'd, you'd think I would, but I do not. Um, I think there's people that get paid a lot. I think there's, it's just like society. There's p certain people that get paid a, a shit ton, and then others like that kind of work on the periphery that get paid next to nothing, you know. So um, either way, they're launching a new network without much to speak of in terms of a new team. There was, I think, maybe one player added since we last spoke, Ryan Tapera. Um, Sahad of Sharma had this. And um, it's a split deal, which is uh, kind of like uh, the split deal they did with um, – uh, is it Trevor Miguel? No, he hadn't. He didn't have the split. Oh, Dan Winkler, the guy that was on the Braves, another injured pitcher. Uh, so they, they, it's so it's nine hundred thousand if he's in the big leagues, three hundred thousand in the minors. Um, he has an option remaining. So forty man's now at thirty nine. 
I was looking at this the other day uh, from Dan Clark Sports. He was uh, taking a look where the top 50 ranked free agents have been signed by MLB teams. So as of right now, 33 of the top 50 ranked free agents have teams now. So, you know, a little less, about 17 left to go. But it's a long, not a long list, but where have they gone? Five of the top 50 free agents went to the White Sox, four to the Braves, three to the Brewers. The Yankees, National Angels, Twins, Phillies, Diamondbacks, Blue Jays, and Reds added two. And the Cardinals, Tigers, Rangers, Red Sox, Mets all added one. And guess who did not make your list? Yeah, we're not even on the list. Yeah. (laughs) Chicago Cubs uh, are nowhere to be found. Were we even on it? I mean, it was... (coughs) Sorry. (laughs) I had something stuck in my throat. Now back. (laughs) Excuse me. I got Danny so worked up. He's in the 2020 Cubs season. Yeah, the joke. Yeah, the, the joke. Yeah, um, I mean, but what did last year make the list? Like, this has been two years of this. Like, I mean, did we um, didn't get anybody they, they last Cole, year? Last year they signed Cole Hamels. Oh yeah, yeah, I guess that one would would count. But they did it so fast that it didn't feel like an off season move. When when right. do you think they bring Big Z back for for a for a chance? I mean, he's he's out there in in Rosemont, right? With the dogs, yeah, the Chicago as, dogs. As soon as uh, one of uh, Big Z's handlers fucks with the Cubs' uh, speed gun and Ken oh, makes him hit like probably like four miles per hour faster, I think that's when should, we see him. We float this like uh, rumor that Big Z has, I don't know, Tommy John. That he had Tommy John. Oh, then he signed. <laughs> then we'll get him. And he had a miraculous recovery, so he's ready to pitch now. Oh, yeah. We'll see Big Z when he's like 37. <laughs> <laughs> right. you know. Amazing that he's so young. Uh, you know, somebody, uh, Cubs Talk podcast I was listening to, they were talking about Starlin Castro and the fact that he's only 29 years old. Yeah, because the Cubs like, brought him up way too amazing. early. Yeah. Like you think of how long that dude has been in the major leagues and he's only going to be 29. Yeah. And the question and that by they the have, way, he could be a second baseman for the Cubs if they really wanted one. And the question that people may have is he may actually make the 3000 hit club. He has that potential. And so would you consider him a Hall of Famer? Because usually that's kind of one of those things. I don't think anybody would consider him a Hall of Famer, but 3,000 hits. I mean, you take a look at the you know, the list of great MLB players that have not reached that pla- that that mark. It's it's impressive. Yeah. Yeah, if he hits 3,000, he'll be in the Hall of Fame because that is one of those numbers that is still and, – and probably even harder to hit nowadays – when strikeouts are so high and there's the, you know, everybody's going all or nothing. They'd rather strike out than hit a single. Well, plus like. they, they need somebody in there with a Marlins hat. <laughs> you know, they got, <laughs> they got nobody, you know, it's like, I, I'm going in as a Marlin. Florida was good to me. They have the best cocaine. Um, well, uh, Ryan Tapera, as I understand, does not do cocaine, uh, but he was injured last year, but he did. I did look him up. And he had a couple of good seasons with Toronto. I think we're counting on, uh, of course, the the pitch lab to uh, kind of work it out. Oh, welcome to pitch lab. Yeah, pitch lab. So I mean, he's got uh, he throws in the low to mid nineties with his 
fastball and sinker. I mean, he throws a lot of pitches. He's got the cutter. He's got the sinker. All kinds of different kind of moving fastballs. Um, mixes in a changeup sometimes. Sometimes can throw a slider. Maybe he wor- works on it in the pitch lab. But, I mean... It seems to me, I, I, I mean, I, I was thinking about it. I was listening to uh, Corey Friedman, and, uh, you know, he was talking about, no, it wasn't Corey. It was, um, who was it? No, it was Corey on the uh, the uh, Cubs-related podcast okay. with Corey and Brendan. Yeah. So uh, they were talking about uh, that they actually have hope for this bullpen. And I was like, well, I don't know if hope is the exact word I would use, but I kind of was like, it maybe could work out because, I mean, you got to put a lot of trust in the pitch lab, but, you know, what do you think of this bullpen made up of Wick, Wick, Ryan, Kimbrell, you know, I mean, it's like we saw good things out of these guys last year, and I was thinking to myself, like, we all love Pedro Strope, but, like, we didn't always love Pedro Strope. Like, we didn't know who Pedro Strope was when we first got him, and then all of a sudden he was Pedro Strope. So, like, which one of these guys is going to be kind of the bridge to Kimbrel, you know, and, well, who's going to be the fifth starter? Uh, is it, You know, you got three guys kind of in that mix, Mills, Chatwood, and Rhea, and couple of those guys could be long men or, you know, kind of fifth starter bullpen slash, you know, bullpen games going on, a la the Brewers. You know, those are the guys you know, right? Wick, Wick, Ryan, Kimbrell, Mills, I would say, makes this team in Chatwood. That's five. I mean, you're only going to carry eight. So you got three dudes that, you know, come out of the Dan Winklers, the known unknowns. You know, the, the guys we don't know about at all, uh, Terrell Cotton, Trevor Meagill, uh, Tyson Miller, C.D. Pelham, a big lefty with his walks and strikeouts, a perfect pitch lab candidate, candidate, Manny Rodriguez, the little short fat guy who throws real hard. And then you got Brandon Morrow, who now we have to talk for another year about his possible comeback. But, I mean, what do you think of this bullpen? Bullpens are, are are as complicated as you can get. It's you know if you have a really great bullpen, you're lucky. But most of the time, it's it's not as fluid as you would expect it. Some years, guys just look fantastic. Next year, they look like garbage. And it, it, there's really it's really hard for me to pin it down. But when I look in there, are there any names like you know Chatwood's name where you kind of say okay? But you know, are there any names that you could you say yeah solidly? Oh, this Kim, is going to be Kimbrel. Okay. Kimbrel, we we maybe could say that, but we don't know. I mean, I'm, I'm sorry. That's why I meant Kimbrell, not Chatwood. Sorry. Even with, Chatwood, though, at least we know what we get, and it could be effective. I mean, he hits the gun at like, I mean, doesn't he hit like 98 sometimes? But with with Kimbrell, you have a resume. You got something. You have a body of work that you can look at and say, okay, for the most part, we should expect about this. With any of these other guys, it's all hit or miss, and that's not something that makes you real comfortable going into a season. Now, again, that's not you know what we saw out of Wick, Week, Ryan, some of those guys was pretty impressive, but does it continue? I don't know. That that's to me, it's a you know very shaky area. Maybe it does, maybe it doesn't. Because sometimes it's Pedro Strope, and sometimes it's Carl Edwards Jr. And even Carl Edwards Jr. had a good, you know, good run, you know, oh, and then all yeah. of a sudden he didn't, you know, it's, it, that's just the thing. Sometimes you have it and sometimes you don't. And the ones that are are long, you know, stay in the majors are the ones that consistently do it. What do you think, Michael? Uh, I mean, I think 
what you were talking about right when you started this was that they were saying they have hope for the bullpen. Yeah, we have hope for the bullpen. Everyone has hope for the bullpen. What we don't have necessarily is confidence. So, you know what? I have hope for the bullpen. I hope that these guys pull it together. Um, we've seen some uh, 2018. We had no hope, right? Like, or no confidence. We only had hope. And Joe Madden actually pieced together a pretty solid season out of that bullpen. So it can be done. Um, let's just hope that uh, Grandpa Rossi can pull it off and, you know, get these guys doing what we need them to do. And, you know, maybe the the starters go an extra inning longer than they used to. Well, and then you've got the new rule, the three batter minimum rule going on, you know, so these guys are, are going to have to, you know, approach everything that way. So you're going to not have a loogie on this team. Um, Maybe that's less important now. It's all about like, you know, the, I I mean, I I think you still still have a loogie. It just, you can't bring him in with no outs. You got to bring him in with one out. But here's the situation is, is that it, anyone that's a big Bill James fan that, that, that kind of takes a look at some of the stuff that he kind of puts out there, um, you have this idea of this Pythagorean that, you know, this record, this projection that you're supposed to have. Okay, there's a lot of different project- projections that happen, but with the Pythagorean projection, the Cubs were expected to go last year uh, 90 wins. Okay. And they, uh, they clearly didn't do that. Okay. They had 815 runs scored and yeah, if, 717 if runs allowed. Yeah. So if they had done would, their Pythagoras, they would have won the division. They would have been 90 and 72. And their actual record was 84 and 78. Oh, I so see. They would have, they would have been, 91, they, they would have been, they would have been 91, uh, would have won it, but they would have beaten the Brewers for the wild card. Okay. But when you look at the numbers of the bullpen and how bad it killed the Cubs last year, it, with, it was the high leverage situations. Okay. They had 38 saves and 28 blown saves. 28 blown saves. And, and I, th- I think seven of them were in the first week of the season, too. Right. The like. first week. Yeah. <laughs> the Cubs, but they had a 57.6% success rate. And that was the fourth worst in the NL. The only teams they were better than as far as high leverage situations were the Rockies the Marlins, and the Pirates. Guess who had the highest save percentage? Who? The Cardinals. So, I mean, the Cardinals, when it came down to their bullpen, locking down those high-leverage situations, they did. The Cubs' bullpen wasn't bad necessarily all year, but they were bad when it counted. Yeah, like Chris Bryant. (laughs) I'm kidding. (laughs) I I kid. I kid you, Chris. Um yeah, so I think you're right, Michael. It's just like we, we just don't know what we really have. And it it's reminding me of 2015 in a positive way. Like, you know how the Giants were doing it, you know, the believing every two years that they, they'd win the World Series and make a run? Um, it's reminding me somewhat of that in, in the fact that you might have a decent mix of these young stars kind of playing for the contract – uh, now, you know, putting it on the line, like we're, we're going to see a lot this year. Everybody's two years away from, you know, uh, free agency. And then you're going to surround it with the, all these young guys that are fighting like hell 
to stay in the major leagues like your Wick and your Wick and your Kyle Ryans and your Alec Mills is, is and maybe your Colin, Colin Rias. And you, you look at these guys and they want to stay. And so maybe they've just got like the right young hunger. And that seems like maybe one of the elements that was missing from this very talented team uh, because, you know, you got to have dudes around you that are pressing on your back. Because if you get lazy and you get a uh, little content with your situation, well, you'd be like, eh, I'll go out there. I'm talented. It'll be good. But sometimes it's not. And I, just, I, I have a lot of concerns similar to I did like I did last year when everybody said this could potentially be a good bullpen last year. You know, you had your Edwards, you had Montgomery. Morrow was supposed to come back earlier than he did. You had all these names. C-Shack, they blew up his arm. You know, Brad Brock. Uh, you have no C-Shack <laughs> this year who was, you know, Madden's go-to guy. There's, You know, you lost a couple names too that – like I said, can it happen? Absolutely. Yeah, How confident am I in it? I, I, cause there I is Because there is no replacement for Steve Ciszek. There is no replacement for Brandon Kinsler. He's still out. Th- those guys are both still out there, I think. Yeah. Well, one thing that we should think about as well, though, is that there was a huge um, you know, uproar about the baseballs and how much pop they had and how they were flying out and the home run numbers and all that stuff. I could easily see MLB kind of dialing the ball back a little bit, and that could very much help every pitcher, you know, bullpen or starter, uh, actually be better in the upcoming year. It's funny. If they don't change the ball at all, I mean, then – Pitchers are fucked again. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, it's just fucking flip a coin when you go out there. You have no idea – uh, what might happen, but if they bring that ball back a little bit and allow pitchers to make pitches, knowing that the ball's not just going to fucking a pop fly is not, you know, Kyle Schwarber's not going to, you know, half swing and put it out over the fence. <laughs> I, he did that like three times this year that he check swinged and it went out. But uh, yeah, so I mean, if if batters can't do that, that's going to mean great things for every pitcher all the way across the league. You know, and the Cubs in that, you know? There's only one answer. Ten foot mound. <laughs> <laughs> They're just going to drop the ball straight down. Yeah, just straight down. I mean, now that you're going to have robot umpires, why not? Um, so, I mean, I, we are putting a lot of faith in the pitch lab, and uh, I should probably play the sound. Welcome problem. to Pitch Lab. Should I play the whole thing with the, cha- with the uh, Japanese in it? I think the one sounds pretty good. Yeah, the one's fine. Um, and it, But we also actually have Hit Lab going on, too. A couple of great pieces. <clears throat> Man, I've, I think I'm getting sick. That, you know, that's, why, that's why I'm like, coughing and have extra phlegm. So I apologize to our listeners because I know that's probably disgusting to listen to. Um, but, uh, we did, uh, uh, forget that we have a, uh, new, ev- every coach, we have all new coaches, uh, Justin Stone and Rachel Folden, they've got hit lab going on. And there was a piece in Bleacher Nation about it that I read and a pitch and a piece in, um, the athletic. Did you read the one with, uh, hottest Sharma going through hit lab? I did read that, and uh, there were some pretty funny <laughs> tweets about that. <laughs> oh, God, it's so good. Um, it, it, you know, I guess Sahadov hasn't really played anything above uh, 
you know, men's 16-inch softball in 15 years. But they had him hooked up to all the wires, you know, where they show how your hips move and where your uh, heel is putting pressure. And um, I mean, it's all very interesting, but we really, the plan is now, and just to be clear with everybody, the plan is now that in order for the Cubs to do better, they're going to go in there with the same guys they had last year. And they're going to do it with computers. So uh, this time it's going to be Chris Bryant with a computer. And they're going to tell him that his heel is doing this and he's got to change. So his heel does but Not Chris Bryant's a bad example because he already, already does well. But like Daniel Descalso, you know, maybe he was putting too much pressure on his heel. And that's why his heel got bruised. Um, so, I mean, do you trust this situation? Like... You know, you talk, we talk about the bullpen. We we don't trust it, uh, but we have hope. Uh, do we have hope in computers uh, to tell all the hitters what they're doing in uh, Justin Stone and Rachel Folden's hit lab? Uh, there's a lot of teams, not just the Cubs, that are investing money in this this type of information, and that's what they believe. You know what baseball is all about is trying to get the advantage over the other teams, and there's a lot of teams that believe that this is going to be uh, the next wave of of how you're able to improve on the talent that you have. So it's you know it's it's how you execute it and how well your quote pitch lab is because everyone's going to have one. Right. Here, here's my worry is that if everybody starts uh, hitting the exact same way, uh, didn't we already have this problem where all the hitters were the same this year? You well, know, that, you didn't that, have a mix. That and then, w- that know, was then the opposing pitching staff doesn't know how to pitch to one guy they know how to pitch to all nine guys well that was one of the the things in the justin stone article that uh sahad have had uh when when he interviewed him was that he realizes that there are different kinds of hitters there are loose hitters and tight hitters and he talked about some like six foot eight guy that weighed 250 pounds but he was into yoga so he was actually a loose hitter like He's got all sorts of stories, and you know I can appreciate that way of uh, thinking as a teacher because I taught voice lessons for years, and you know the first thing I would ask everybody is like, "Well, what are you looking to do? What kind of music you want to sing, and how and how do you want to sound? Like, what's your sound? Let's get that out of you." And I didn't have a I, I had exercises to strengthen your muscles Danny, that would what get do you, you think th- my sound is. <laughs> um, terrible, <laughs> awful. Cat, uh, cat, and heat. I would. Th- th- that'll be after this next. Uh, if this whole like uh, hit lab and pitch lab, if it, it fails us uh, within this season, then uh, Michael, next year's off season is just me teaching you voice lessons over Skype. <laughs> well, I mean that's good. I mean I have a year to get Tommy John on my throat. Yeah. Well, when you, here's the thing about both Pitch Lab and Hit Lab. And Danny wrote something down here in the script where you say, okay, uh, it's one thing to tell an athlete what to do and prove. It's a completely other thing for an athlete to be able to adapt and change is something they've been doing forever. I don't think, and from what I've read about the Hit Labs just in general and the pieces that you mentioned earlier, sometimes these guys, their mechanics are so precise that one little thing happens. You open up your hip a little bit earlier or your hands aren't back the right way. One little thing goes off and all of a sudden you're trying to kind of figure out how to get the mechanics back. Yeah, you're like in an 0 for 28 and, you know, you're you're fucking it all up. 
uh, you and know, I- every game. And then something from HitLab can tell you, hey, this is what you're doing. When you were at your best, this is what it looked like. And that's what you're kind of looking at there. So, And the other thing is that this is not just for the, the professional league, but for some of the minor league guys. There's There may be guys who are not in the major leagues because there may be flaws within their mechanics that they can work on. So we're looking at this as both development, a, tool, yeah. a development tool and a tool to help people that at the major level that may be struggling. Right. No, it, I don't know. I'm looking forward to it. The more information any of these guys can get, the better. Right, it's all good stuff because is it though? Is it how to do it? Is it though? Because sometimes when I have too much information flying through my head, it actually makes things worse. Well, okay. So I'm smelling a bit of college trying to access this information. More information is always better. But yes, if you're out in the box in the middle of a game and you're trying to think about where your heel goes versus where your other ankle is. Then yeah, you're going to strike out. That's going to be that's my horrible. fear because ba- I mean, I mean it. It's hard as a fan to know, but uh, you know to have this information like I'm I, I'm transferring twenty percent more uh, power to the ball of my foot, which engages my calf muscles as opposed to my quads on my uh, heel. You know, if you're thinking of like, okay, what is it 20% of foot movement? Now, I know that dancers think about this stuff. I know that athletes think about this stuff. Can you put it into practice? And I think that some players that maybe wouldn't have been stars because of this new information will become stars because they understand this stuff mentally. And I think you have to, each player is different. Each player is unique. So Chris Bryant, as we talked about earlier, like he's always, him and his dad, they have their batting cage set up in uh, Nevada, in Las Vegas, and they're always tweaking things. And then there's other guys that just are total video guys. They love looking at their bats right after to see what happens. And then you got guys like Nick Castellanos, who's a Does great it? example of a guy who's like, I don't want any information. I just see ball, hit ball. Yeah. He's, he says that, but I can guarantee you, Nick Castellanos knows exactly what happened on every pitch that he misses. Sure, but maybe he he knows it innately just as like a raw hitter, like a Joey Votto type, you know, who just, you know, just hits. Pete Rose, he's just like, there's the ball. Okay, you're not standing there, so I'm going to hit there. But when he misses misses the ball, right, he knows exactly – a Pete Rose would know exactly, well, that ball dropped a little bit right there. Uh, that I, you know, and that's why I missed it. Or I opened something up a little bit on that swing. And in the next swing, you won't do that. Or he'll know how the pitch is going to drop the next time. It's not necessarily thinking before the hit, but being able to quickly analyze and make adjustments on the fly so it's while a- not completely fucking yourself so, so maybe it's not about the, the wrong thing all the time so maybe it's not about the 20 percent of like weight that you're transferring from the ball to the heel but it's more about a way of thinking about what you just were talking about which is adjusting in the moment to what you see so yeah you like use you, you both swing things. and then you go oh you know what i stayed back too much and i didn't get that 20 percent like you just innately now you know that because you've been taught it. So you're not like trying to think about doing that 20% more power, but you know, I swung and I popped it up and I didn't get it. 
And the reason is because I kind of didn't do that thing that I've been practicing. Right. And so then you're thinking about that the other time, the next time you come up and you're tight because <laughs> you're thinking about it and you go for four. That's what See, I'm saying. Like this can go all ways depending on your personality and how you deal with this information. And I'm, I'm just saying like, it's going to be interesting to see if this works. Cause I am smelling college of coaches and I hope I'm wrong, you know, and I know other teams are doing this, but these are talented athletes who can hit the ball really hard and throw the ball really hard. I'm interested to see if the pitch lab and hit lab in this kind of new era of baseball, because it really is in which we have all this information can translate into a bunch of dumb jocks who don't, don't like math. You know what I mean? That's why, the, you know, like to, to be fa- I'm, not to be fair, to be very unfair, you know, uh, there's a you know, is is baseball going to be more of a chess game nerd game or is it going to be like uh, I cut the sleeves off my uniform because my arms are so big game or is it going to be both or, you know, I mean, probably going to be both. But Danny, you were with me when we had uh, when Stu and the Club 400 crew and we had uh, Bill Buckner out there. And Bill Buckner used to have a notebook of all the pitchers. And then you had guys like Dave Kingman who just would swing for the fences and hit, you know, what are you, 400 and something home runs in his career. So this this has always been going on. It's just the level of technology has changed. You know what I mean? You have, you know, Bill Buckner's notebook versus, you know, a, a biometric lab that's going to be insane. But it's always existed in some form or another. It's just yeah, you're how, right. do the, how do the players use the information? It's a really good point. And um, I, I don't know. The, the thing that's frustrating to me, I guess just personally as a fan, is that I'm not that interested in like, I don't know, bat speed versus, you, you know, your ankle and your heel and your ball or your foot. Like, I don't, really don't like talking about these things. So, um, you know, I'm a, a little bit more Bill Bucknery and the fact that like I just like, rather write down like this guy did this, you know, and I'm going to do that next time and keep a journal. And uh, we made fun of uh, Joe Girardi and his Giants uh, uh, notebook. His binders. His binders, his binders of information. And I'm sure that he's that way too. You know, like he gets the information, tries to discern it and uh, apply it. It's just, I'm, I'm interested to see, interested to see where this goes. You know, because it is the the way that baseball has changed and it's changed kind of quickly as technology has gotten better. I was at winter meetings and there was uh, in the minor league area where I went to accidentally when I thought I was in the major league area. I was in the completely wrong hotel. But um, (laughs) (laughs) How, how how did you know? Like you walked in and there was like fucking paint peeling off the walls. Like, <laughs> yeah, exactly. There was a dirt floor yeah, instead of people rugs. are holding tin cans out there for, <laughs> trying to get Every, some, everybody some gas money. You asked you for money. Yeah, I'm like oh, <laughs> this must be the wrong place. This is a travel lodge, sir. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, but no, they had a uh, session in progress that uh, I should have freaking just walked into but uh, that would have been distracting i did listen at the door couldn't hear a thing which made me knew that it was very secretive 
and uh, they were doing some like it was a company that was selling advanced biometrics, like probably trying to get a minor league team or a major league team to you know get on their jack and pay them a bunch of money to you know hook dudes up to sensors and computers and tell them that their heel is going down at the wrong time. Uh, not a Patreon subscriber, so we're adding another ad for Manscaped because support for the Sun Ranto Show and Armchair, which is the uh, network which gives us these ads to read, comes from Manscaped, who's number one in men's below-the-belt grooming. Manscaped offers precision-engineered tools for your family jewels. Ooh, I should write a song about that. Now listen, we all know that sometimes you got to take care of business down there. So Manscaped, they made the right trimmers and uh, scissors and uh, and creams and uh, ball deodorant. They made ball deodorant. It, it, they got a lawnmower 2.0, okay? Proprietary skin-safe technology so the, you know, trimmer won't snag your nuts. Your nuts. <clears throat> uh, manscaping accidents will finally be a thing of the past. You do not want to shave your balls off, uh, which, you know, happens to me once twice a year and you know you don't want to use the same trimmer on your face as you're doing it on your balls you know that's just that that's you know then you get ball stuff on your face so manscaped also has a uh, crop preserver it's an anti-chafing ball deodorant for your stinky ass balls and um you know you put deodorant on your armpits and so why not put it on your balls that stink uh get 20 percent off and free shipping with the promo code armchair at manscaped.com um always the right tools for the job uh your balls will thank you um once again 20 percent off and free shipping promo code armchair at manscaped.com 20 percent off free shipping manscaped.com use promo code armchair if you never want to hear an ad for ball deodorant again all you have to do is become a patreon subscriber patreon.com slash sunranto you, you would have gotten this show a week earlier and you would have gotten gotten it as God intended, completely ad-free. It only costs a dollar a month. You get your own RSS feed. Uh, you should join today. It's uh, it's uh, just a way to show that you love us. Well, thanks. Patreon.com slash Sunranto. Back to the show. Here's the thing, guys, and, and we've been complaining all off-season, but the CBA, the collective bargaining agreement and the luxury tax, all this stuff, it makes a difference. You see, you just saw what, you know, uh, Strasburg made over the, the and uh, Garrett Cole made over the offseason. The, if you're able to get that talent cheaper, so if you can get these young guys to advance quicker using the biometrics, you're going to save a hell of a lot of money. Oh, yeah. Well, I mean, do you remember when Javi was just like the MVP making 500000 <laughs> You know, like, what happened to those days? And that's why we are where we are right now is mm -hmm. because those guys are getting paid and you have no one that's young, that's cheap, that's really kind of contributing to the team. Yeah, absolutely. And, um, well, speaking of computers and um, the, the electronic strike zone, the umpires look like they've agreed to it. I mean, in theory, <laughs> they've agreed to it. They say they kind of agree to it. It's got to happen, right? Not they, next they, year. They, they, yeah, they know it's coming. They know it's coming. So is is this going to be a uh, a less fun podcast <laughs> because we can't complain about the blind asshole umpires that are fat and can't see over their, their man boobs? <laughs> their moobs. Their moobs. 
I don't, I, you know, I, that was one of the things that always shocked me in John Baker day was how much catchers really enjoy having the umpires make the call. But, you know, as framing has really become part of the game and, uh, you know, just other things, I'm just, I'm, I'm over it. I'm ready for the robots. Bring them on. What do you think, Michael? <laughs> I know what you did. I already, I, I already know what you think. Oh, Michael's gone. I hope he's not having issues. Yeah, uh, we, our uh, show started late because uh, <laughs> I won't say, I won't say, I won't throw up under the bus on the last show of 2019. Oh, are you guys talking about me not being here? <laughs> uh, we were we were gonna, but we, we were, didn't. We were concerned. <laughs> yeah, we were concerned for your, uh, you know. No, I mean, I've, I've got a, I'm, I'm doing okay. Uh, I've got a very, <laughs> very good record of being able to step out get a drink, come back, go to the bathroom maybe and come back without Danny ever noticing because he's just talking. Yeah. No, you are quite good at that. I just, uh, I failed this time, obviously. So I think you barely failed. You (laughs) almost succeeded. In fact, Um, you were almost back in time and I would not have known. Um, But, you know, when I look at everything right now, you got some great players on this team uh, right now. They weren't able to trade anybody. Chris Bryant, despite all the rumors, is still here. Uh, Schwarber is still here. Javi, despite uh, <laughs> a bit of an Instagram scare today. Did you, I don't know if you guys saw that. I did, but I, I looked at it as a positive. I didn't look at it as a scare. I was thinking, you know, it looked like he was, you know, I was looking at it as kind of maybe he got that extension and hasn't said anything yet. Or he's just saying thank you. Because he, you know, he's just like, thank you. I enjoy my life, and you guys rock. I'm a millionaire. I play baseball for a living. I have horses. Right, thank or you. it's the thank end of you. the decade, and everybody's putting up really nice shit to everybody. And he just decided to put up something nice, and then all of a sudden, fucking like he's got Cubs PR. Like, Javi, what Hobby. are you doing? <laughs> he's, he's got you can't 80... put up nice shit. People think you're leaving. <laughs> Eighty six messages on his phone right now. He's just <laughs> off riding a horse. <laughs> yeah. It's like literally like <laughs> fucking Wilson Contreras, you know, getting calls like, Wilson, you can't have a you can't be leaving the <laughs> leaving Wrigley Field in your pictures. No pictures of upset. your back. No pictures of your back, Wilson. <laughs> you can't have this. Well, when you take a picture, wear a fucking Cubs shirt, asshole. We've we we have gone through all this stuff, and everybody's still here. The grievance uh, is still going to take a while. So I, you know, it doesn't look like uh, pri- the players' union is destroying the Cubs, regardless of whether. Chris Bryant wins this grievance or not. The players union have beaten the Cubs into the ground by making it impossible for them to do anything. Now that's a self-imposed impossibility because the Cubs can totally do shit, but they don't want to until they find out what's going on with Chris Bryant. Nobody else wants to trade him and shit. The Braves don't want him. They're like, Oh, now we thought we bought two years and instead we get one. Like it's not the Cubs. that they would no, love to like no, get but what I'm saying situation. is that the Cubs can't do anything. They can't put him on the block because mm-hmm. of this thing. And whether he wins or not, it doesn't matter. The union's already won by making it almost impossible to move him at this point. Well, if you were a juror 
on the Chris Bryant trial, which this is a secret uh, kangaroo court that we're actually dealing with that we don't even know what's going to happen. Or and even when after what's happened has happened, we won't know what had happened, probably. But um, I would rule in favor of Chris. I would, too. I would, too. I mean, you can fucking play all the games you want, but Chris Bryant should never have been in Iowa for 10 days in 2015. No way. Well, this was this is a problem that baseball has in general is that they're keeping young players down for more control. That's, you know, people want to see the Chris Bryant's or the uh, Fernando Tatis Jr., those type of guys, uh, uh, Luis Robert from the White Sox. They want to see them, but again, why would it, it's, it's, it should, it's, you're trying now that this, what's happening is posturing, to be honest, for the next CBA. And so what Michael's saying about the union winning or this was never about, I mean, from the standpoint that Chris ain't going anywhere. Yeah. They, they've dragged it out and made the, you know, made the Cubs lives miserable for what happened. But at the same time here, this is going to be something that's going to be brought up, uh, for the next CBA that comes up. But again, ownership is not giving stuff up unless they get something back. And so you can argue by the way that the CBA was written that the Cubs were absolutely within their right to hold him down. Do we all know it was fake? Absolutely. Do we all know that he should have been on the roster? Yep. But the way that the contract's written, there's no way in heck that this is going any other way other than MLB. And they're oh, yeah, going- yeah. I, I totally agree with you, Carly. And we talked about it at the time, way back when, when it actually happened, you know, and we understood that is the way the fucking business is handled. We just all know that business is not is bullshit. Meant, it, it's not meant to, uh, it's not for the worker, right? It's the fucking bosses, the goddamn owners to, you know, shave a little bit of money off of Chris Bryant's career so they can have him for one more year. And, and, and honestly, they have to look at it as the way that it, it hurts baseball because you want your best and brightest up right away. Uh, Danny, I, I don't know if you remember how much fun we had with Dallas uh, for the uh, home run contest when they finally brought up uh, Vladimir Guerrero yeah. Jr. And just watching him hit those monster bombs over and, uh, you know, it was fun. I mean, these are the players you want to see out here. You know, you don't want to see Mike Alt at third base to start your season. Right. You don't want to see Mike Alt at all, and Michael can't actually can't see actually him. see his one eye. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, uh, yeah, the Blue Jays actually did it right. They brought up Guerrero Jr. and uh, Biggio, wasn't it? Biggio early, like right away, even though they didn't necessarily have to, and they didn't have a great season. But those guys were draws for people to go see. Yeah, but before you know it, you know, I mean, I don't think anybody's going to beat the Yankees in that division, barring injuries and stuff. But, you know, before you know it, it'll be the Blue Jays knocking at their door. Yeah. Maybe. Um, All right. Well, kind of last thing we'll talk about is just, I mean, it is the last show of the decade. Yeah, let's let's talk about something fun instead of this fucking CBA bullshit. Well, what what drove me nuts, I, I, I went on a walk today. And uh, I love listening to a podcast on double speed on my walks. And um, does it make you walk faster? I don't think so. I notice I'm getting slower. (laughs) I'm just like, and it's natural. And I'm just walking along the lake and I'm just like, oh man, I'm going really slow. Like, because people are passing you, you know? 
But it's been nice. Like since old people with walkers. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Yeah, I'm just like um, I, I was actually sitting on a bench, and I was like, <laughs> <laughs> and you were just tapping your toes. <laughs> yeah, like God, I'm really going slow. Um, so, but all these, uh, you know, these end of decade shows that are going on. I, I listen to Cubs related a lot, and I was listening to Corey Friedman, and and. Um, God, why do I keep forgetting his name? This is the second time. Brendan Miller. Brendan. Fuck me. Um, anyway, I, I I said started writing down my favorite games of the decade, favorite players and stuff. And um they had them all on that show already. Like I was sitting there listening to Cubs Related, and it was already on there. Um, but one thing I did want to bring up is that the Cubs had 69 walk-off wins in the 2010s, and that is a finite number. Nice. And we walked off on the Cardinals seven times. Also nice. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you can say nice for that one. And the Reds ten times. And it made me start thinking about the Reds of the 2010s and how they kind of started off quite well in the 2010s and then we just beat the shit out of them for forever. And so many of the Cubs' uh, best games were against the shitty-ass Reds, who are now coming back. You know, they're, they've had a great offseason. Yeah, um, they've won the offseason. They may not win the regular season, but the offseason they've won. I, 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 I've said it before. I'll say it again. I, I have a feeling that the Reds could kind of come up and take the division. Sure, but let's re- let's reminisce to the days when the Reds had no prayer of doing that. <laughs> um, some of my favorite games were against the Reds this year um, or this decade. Uh, Rizzo fighting the dugout. Yeah, Chapman was on the mound when uh, all that shit went down. Well, when you take a look at that, that was kind of the end of the Cubs as the doormat. That really was the end of the 2014 season. And that and and Rizzo pretty much was done being kind of stepped on, and and he was you know Rizzo was on a lot of those shit teams that the Cubs had in the early two thousands, and and he was just kind of tired of it. And it was I think that was a real jumping off point. It it feels like that. I mean, uh, John Baker's dad would point to the John Baker game from this decade as the which was right before the Rizzo fighting game. So uh, maybe they're connected. I'm, but I, I really feel like after the All-Star break, the 2014 team started to s- try to step on next. And, well, I that, mean, that it, whole fall. Yeah, the, the end. There was the Labor Day massacre of the, uh, of the Cardinals when fucking Solaire went deep, 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 deep. Oh, yeah. You know, and the Cubs second the deck shit and out of them. Out in left field, yeah. And, and uh, that wasn't a... Well, it wasn't a walk-off because it was a road game, but I, I remember no, but that, that being was, an arrival. That was kinda. that same time frame. That, that, that was the fall of 2014 when the Cubs started to kind of serve notice that they were going to be good. A couple do other you, games I want to give. Oh, go ahead, Crawley. I was just going to say, do you know who made his major league debut that uh, day of the fight? 2014. Their main... Major League debut, 2014. Was it like September 1st, like a 40-man roster thing? Yep. Huh. A young pitcher named uh, Kyle Hendricks. 
ah. made his major league debut on that day that Rizzo was going to fight the entire Reds bench. Man, I had him pinned earlier, like because uh, we got him uh, a little well with, from Dempster. Correct. So that was in twenty eleven. Yeah, but he was in the Rangers like farm system. He wasn't a big league pitcher. Right. When all that happened. That was the original pitch lab. Um, and uh, <laughs> it was the Rangers system. And uh, of, of course, the John Baker game, which I've got a lot. I already brought up, but I've got so much to owe to that particular moment. Yeah, <laughs> that might be the most important Cubs game in the history of your life. Yeah, it really could because <laughs> it spawned so much. You know, like having you know having a relationship with John and raising uh, money with everybody that listens to this podcast and uh, you guys over the years throwing that event. I mean, I mean, how many thousands of dollars worth of raffle tickets have you sold, Michael? Uh, I don't know. God, it's you know, it. I would know better if I wasn't drinking the whole time that I'm selling those tickets. <laughs> So that's why some of the money I would seemed say twenty five percent of all the tickets sold went right back into my belt, <laughs> right, right back into G Man <laughs> and Nisei. So if you wonder why you never won any raffle, <laughs> I had to get rid of those tickets. Um, an- another game that I, I feel it w- deserves um, some well, not short shrift, but actual shrift <laughs> is the uh, no fighting in the bleachers game. That guy, uh, that was incredible. <laughs> yeah. Great well, fight. Well, um, you know, as long as we're sitting in 2014, uh, Javi Baez made his debut in Denver, Colorado, and it just happened to be the day that I met Daniel Rocket. Mm-hmm. Oh. Yep. Yeah. And, and he, he got Danny, called up. Me and Artie all met up based on uh, Ivy Envy. Ivy Envy Facebook group. Yeah. And we connected and started watching the game. Yeah. yeah, It was fun. And then, uh, of course, Javi hit the game-winning home run in the 10th. Like, that was fucking amazing. He After striking out four times that game. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he got the golden sombrero and the game-winning home run. You know, I, I was, I've been going to Cubs games a long time, and I, I had never seen a walk-off grand slam. And in one season, in, uh, what was it, 2018, I got to see two of them. I got to see the Jason Hayward, and I want to say that was against Philadelphia, and uh, the David Bodie. Uh, I didn't even know there was such a thing as an ultimate grand slam. I'd never had heard the term before. And uh, You don't and- go to Denny's enough. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's the only time I'd ever heard of it. You get four but strips of bacon. When, when we talk about just regular season games, that David Bodie game was that was just ridiculous. It, uh, everything was just perfect about that game and how it ended up. It was unbelievable. Yeah, because the Cubs had blown the game at that point, right? They had. I mean, well, they they didn't blow it. They they had no run. It was runs. three nothing. Yeah, yeah, they're down three zip. Yeah, I'm, I'm thinking of the uh, Jason Hayward one, which they had blown that game in the ninth. And uh, the, the Phillies had the lead for the first time. And then Jason Hayward, it, it just we were all depressed in the bleachers. I was at that game. I wasn't at the Bodie one, but I was at the Hayward one. And um, 
we're sitting there all depressed. We're like, I guess we're going to lose. And then just it unfolded so curiously, just like a walk, a hit. Uh, oh, we got something going. And then uh, Hayward with two strikes uh, off a lefty pitcher. Yep. You know, uh, knocks it out. And uh, I, I, we jump hugged. <laughs> I remember jump hugging. And those are always just the best games. And um, the other one, uh, the other walk off I think of is uh, Mai Tai guy, of course, stealing a, <laughs> a, a homer from children. That was a, a classic. That happened just last year. And uh, there's just well, been so many great games over this yeah. decade. For me, the walk off that I saw was John Lester bunting and Jason Hayward coming in to score the game winning run from uh third, third base. yeah like that you know the the this not the suicide it wasn't a suicide squeeze but a squeeze play to end the game was fucking bonkers like wasn't it wasn't that off of steve ciszek too yep yeah and yeah and it was on, after on the mariners uh, at the time God, why can't i think of the guy's name but the the cubs pitcher that came in and gave up Three two-run homers in the first three. <laughs> Brendan Miller. No, 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 no. I know who you're talking about. No, it's not Miller. <laughs> I'm kidding because I forgot Brendan Miller's name twice already in this show. No, but it, it's funny because I, didn't that guy get like a World Series ring too or something? <laughs> Probably. I swear, like he had like no contribution to the team. Oh, yeah. The uh, the guy that started the game. Uh, God, what's, it, what's his name? Yeah, I'm I'm trying to I'm I'm trying to get it here. Everybody's just punching their windshields right now in their cars. <laughs> yeah, they're like, it's this guy. Matus. Matus, yeah. Brian, Brian Mattis. Mattis. Yep. yep. Oh, Mattis. God. That dude sucked. <laughs> we never saw him again. He was terrible. But but that was actually the first John Baker Day weekend. And they were playing Seattle. King Felix started that game, and uh, the walk-off squeeze bunt was for the sweep of the three-game series. It was amazing. And uh, I also think about, just in general, because I know most of our favorite seasons uh, is the 2015 season, because that, that was crazy, because like, we didn't expect it then. That there- was the most magical Coming back and having such a great season, I mean, they how many wins they have? Ninety eight wins, and they were the second wild card. Yep. And then they uh, stepped on the neck in Pittsburgh, and it was just all gumption, you know, these young kids. And that's what my hope for the bullpen. Like, not that the bullpen is going to be a total game changer, but um, and that was when uh, Arietta, you know, gave his famous little like reply about uh how the how he was going to handle the pirates well that was that was pirates twitter they the pirates tw- if you remember at the time it was a home game for pittsburgh and pirate the pirates literally had like this you know their fan base had these chants they were all going to do to get into jake Arietta's head and he he replied with something like whatever makes you sleep better at night or some sort of taunt right back at the yeah dude. whatever's gonna whatever you want to do <laughs> but no, it won't matter. Now we're he was win. so in the zone for those couple of years, you know. Like, oh, he got so good in 2015. Like he was on fire every night. It seemed like he was going to do something, and then he didn't quite get to the no hitters. 
right? Or the perfect games. Like, but he would take those deep into games and he was just on fire. Well, the then, one no hitter in Cincinnati, he walked like nine or something like that. It was ridiculous. <laughs> but, but he, yeah, but he, yeah, from 20, mid 2015 through like whatever, mid 2017, he was lights well, out. Well, he had the one no hitter in 2015 versus the Dodgers. Yeah, and then he had one in the first half of 2016 against the Reds. Oh my bad, I'm I'm off. Yeah, I was off by half a season. But I would say that there are three performances that I have seen that have just been otherworldly as far as pitching, and that was uh, Rick Sutcliffe in 1984, Greg Maddox in 1992, and you'd have to put Jake Arrieta's 2015 going into 16 right up there as some of the most dominant pitching I've ever seen. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and everybody was just totally fooled by a pitch that was unhittable, that dove to the outside or inside, and they 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 were swinging like fucking pigs, you know. And it was it was a beautiful thing to see everybody be so fooled by him, and it and also that just that moment of John Lester with uh, Jake Arrieta, and you had Kyle Hendricks's emergence to that 2016 season the year we won the world series um if if you look at that moment when you have like all the top era guys and just like nobody's getting a base and the cubs are winning 12 to 1 every day like i remember being on the show being like this isn't even interesting like we are so dominant like i don't know what to do with this information and (laughs) you know what i mean like because it because we were used to like at least a little bit of pressure and uh, some pushback but, you know, there were, you know, the well, pirates and, and were I, dying. And and I think that's why 2015 was so exciting because they were in a chase all year and they pulled it all off. And then everybody had this super high expectation in 2016. And it was just, it was really amazing to see how well they handled that pressure and did dominate that entire year. Now, and honestly, dominate like the the playoffs became stressful again. But the regular season was over like September first. Now, my recollection at 2015 is that the, the Cubs weren't really in it. I mean, until the All Star break, they kind of just came out of the All Star break roaring. They were within striking distance, but it was really you know it was the uh, Cardinals in Pittsburgh. And then, all like I said, all of a sudden, when we got to August and September, the Cubs were the hottest team in baseball in 2015. And that's what made it fun is because, you know, 2012, 13, even 14 is just shit. You're out of it by April. It was done. But the Cubs kind of kept themselves in the, a little bit in the back of the hunt. You know what I mean? They were kind of just everyone thought it was cute and it was Joe Madden's first year and Lester's first year. And they were doing OK, but it wasn't until like that all star break that they just went on a tear. And I remember August and September and even going into October, just how dominant they were. Yeah, I, that was my most fun year, I think. Yeah. You know, I, I think I think for most of us, just because it was so unexpected and um, I, I will say this about the Cubs and the whole like going down from like, you know, 100, 100 losses to 103 wins uh, within the, this decade is that, you know, I kind of went from 100 losses to 103 wins within this decade uh, personally. And, uh, you know, the Cubs have always been, you know, a pretty big portion of my life and, you know, kind of you know just kind of what I do in the summer enjoy watching Cubs games but uh, this is the decade that it kind of all came through to me you know uh 
what being a Cubs fan is and um, the love and community that exists around it, you know. So, you know, you guys, both you and uh, and Crawley, Michael and Crawley, uh, you know, being with you, uh, reconnecting with Lyle all these years, who was on the show until he disappeared. Um, <laughs> you know, it, it just like it, it all made so much sense when Nicole and I got back together, my girlfriend, um, after 20 years of not knowing each other, what, what did we do? We went to Cubs games and we, I w- we were at that Rizzo fight game. You know, we that was a walk-off win or not a walk-off win, but uh, the Cubs won in extra innings. Uh, in during that game and it was just like there's just so many great memories from this last decade that i mean it's who i am right now you know and so i can't and to win the world series in the middle of this decade for the first time in 108 years and be at the game and you are the people that put me there you paid for my ticket like shit like that's huge everybody and like i can't even say that uh the it's the great it's a golden era in cubs history and i'm proud to say i was there for it and i'm sure you guys are too yeah you know it's uh it was all the stars aligned perfectly for the cubs this decade and uh i think about a lot of what happened like just there were there there were so many just it was a fun roller coaster ride that it's you know sometimes when it comes up every April twelfth when uh, the the ring bear the anniversary of the ring bear ceremony to you know to think that I was a part of that sometimes doesn't feel realistic like it feels like it was like a movie or it happened to somebody else mm-hmm. and 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 it's just something I never thought I would see something I never thought I would happen I was kind of resigned to the fate that you know like we all were like oh one day it's gonna it's gonna happen it's gonna happen next year and that was kind of like a running joke and then all of a sudden it happened it was like it was hard almost to like process. Yeah, I mean, I know I didn't really know what to do with a World Series victory, <laughs> you know, like, especially at, at the end, I, a couple of moments j- just sitting up in uh, in Cleveland after the last out and, you know, people were filing out the most, you know, half of the stadium was Indians fans, so they were gone. And just sitting around the stadium with Cubs fans, um, you know, I went to the top row where the drummer uh, John Adams usually sits and just kind of sat there and looked at everything. And, you know, they were doing the interviews that I wasn't watching and just kind of being there. And it's just like, it, my, my main feeling was just stillness, like some sort of satisfaction, some comeuppance that finally came through. And, um, it was a hell of a decade, you know, for Cubs fans, you know, it doesn't get better. But there were some scandals. <laughs> was it all good? Um, I do want to bring this up before we leave because this is the Sun Rancher show. But uh, Joe Ricketts racist emails. He's still the owner of the <laughs> of the team, and uh, I mean that we still know he probably feels this way. He's going to get worse as he gets older. Um, so look for more of this stuff, unless they've already uh, cut that kid out of the will that leaked all this stuff. But um, that was pretty bad. Um, I, but I think one of my favorite scandals of the decade is, uh, Clark, uh, being on television with a giant boner <laughs> actually it was somewhat, fl- it was a half chub. It was flaccid. Half chub. <laughs> I don't know if he was on the way there or on the way back, but he was there. Um, he, he hadn't been swimming. Um, we've brought up Addison Russell a million times on this show, but that was very unfortunate. 
And I'll only speak on it because I've been listening to the Cubs way again because I thought it would be funny. <laughs> it is. Uh, because there's a, a part of the book, a lot of the book, where they really build up the idea that getting Addison Russell was the greatest idea uh, because, you know, they valued character and these young people and they had a uh, – you know, a, a way to, uh, you know, deal with everybody as they came through and there was a great system involved. And you know, we're facing that again now, but we're just doing it with computers and pitch lab and hit lab. But the last time it was about character and they really missed on him. And so, uh, you know, I think that was a pretty big disappointment. In fact, you can almost pinpoint as much as you can pinpoint the Rizzo fight of the Reds dugout or the John Baker game to the 2014, uh, you know, rising of the Cubs, you can almost uh, point to Addison Russell getting suspended for domestic violence to the uh, everything going off. For the downfall. Yeah. Or you could point way back to when Todd Ricketts threw out hot dogs on Undercover Boss. (laughs) (laughs) And uh, that was part of the rise of the team because you had to throw out those old hot dogs before you got new ones. Yeah. I I think about this decade in terms of uh, Billy Cub to Clark. Uh, Billy Cub got a cease and desist order, was no longer allowed to run around with a cooler for tips. You talked to that guy, right, Crawley? You're like, I was Billy Cub. <laughs> you know, Billy, the, the the real authentic Billy Cub. Yeah, it just didn't work out for him. He tried and he gave his best effort. He had that little, you know, he was a little bit aggressive sometimes uh, with uh, demanding tips. But, uh, hey, you know what? That guy was out there with an idea before the Cubs came and took it and made it Clark with his uh, way hanging out. <laughs> there's, there's a good chance that somewhere is a picture of my son with Billy Cub. I have a picture of my son with Billy Cub for sure. (laughs) We should have Billy Cub Appreciation Day next year. Invite that guy back. Bring back Billy Cub. You know, to be an unlicensed. Still got the outfit. (laughs) He probably should just invite him to everything that we do. (laughs) (laughs) Pretty much. Was it the blue cooler? Oh yeah, blue cooler with the well white top. But yeah, he would. What what a way to collect tips. But Clark's got no pockets. That guy invented that. <laughs> and just for just for the record, Billy Cub would let you take a picture with a beer in it. Clark, you're not allowed to have a picture with him. With oh a no, beer no, he he does an animated no talking like. Err, he points at the beer, and the, the camera person judges you silently. He has a handler who basically says, "Excuse me, sir, uh, you got to put Lose the, beer, the away. beer." Yeah, and that's when Crawley's like, "Fuck you! You're not taking my beer." <laughs> <laughs> I know what you're trying to do. You're going to tell the king of beer money not to have a beer with Clark? But it was the decade of dick bumps and rally titties. And, uh, yeah, that's one thing that I think, uh, you know, they say people forget that the Cubs won the World Series. One thing I always forget, and every time that I do remember it, is the dick bumps. That was one of the funniest fucking weirdest sort of celebrations I've ever seen. Like you see guys do handshakes now and all this stuff, but we had the dick bumps. We also had uh, the hands on the helmet. What was that dude's name? A helmet rub. Oh God. I know who you're talking uh, about. Jonathan Herrera. 
Jonathan yeah, Jonathan Herrera. Herrera with the helmet rub, and they had like an actual helmet with fake hands on it and shit. That's going old school, Danny. With the that was the shirt for uh, social media night one that uh, God that year it was a twenty fifteen or fourteen. I can't remember, but yeah. it was the shirt with the helmet with the two hands on it. Oh, and then uh, two years running uh, foul balls into the beers, and then the. One time the Chugging woman drank it, the yeah. beer, and the other time the guy drank the beer, like straight with the ball <laughs> in it. Like that happened two separate times, caught on camera in those years, in like 2015, 2016. Cups, cup snakes became a thing. Yes, cup snakes. Your pictures, I was looking through them today on Twitter. Those cup snakes are ridiculous. It's impressive. <laughs> it has nothing to do no, with ri- baseball. Ridiculous but... was the right word. <laughs> But uh, you know, it's just—it's been a heck of a decade. You know, I mean, they—they don't come better. You know, Danny. One thing I do want to point out to me is that this was truly the emergence of the social media presence in baseball, especially Cubs baseball and Cubs Twitter. It's—it's it's been around a while, but it really took off this last decade. As far as people meeting each other and getting to know each other and getting to know certain names that if you right. throw out there and then the podcast and everything else is that it's allowed fans to really kind of interact from all over the place. That's well, a good what, point, Crawley. This has been the decade of the fan getting a voice for our team. You know what I mean? Like the Cubs do not sanction this podcast and very few people listen. But some of them do. Some people listen, but it gives us a chance to talk about the Cubs in this way every week, and that's amazing. I mean, it's it's been great in my life. Just something to do every week is is so much fun. Uh, but also, like you're saying, the the Twitter and even Facebook and all that shit, bringing people together, even though there's you know. Ten years ago, there's no such thing as a rancher's calendar where we're celebrating each other's birthdays and, you know, having pictures that I took at Wrigley of random bullshit that happened. You know, none of none of that exists before. So we've created a lot of great new stuff. And and it really is everybody that participates because, like, I read Bleach. We all read Bleacher Nation. We all read The Athletic. We all read Cubs Insider. We listen to Ivy Envy. We, uh, you know, listen to Cubs related. And, and I mean, think of here's how it started. You had Cubs cast. I don't know if you guys listened to Cubs cast. No. Back in the day. This was like the 2009, 2007, 8, 9. Cubs cast was the first Cubs podcast ever. So then it was Cubs cast and Ivy Envy. Ivy Envy was the first one I listened to. I moved out here to Colorado in the fall of 2009 and in the spring of 2010, I think is when I found Ivy envy. So then Ivy and they've been going for now 12 years. So Ivy envy, then Ivy envy and us, then you've got the now since then Cubs related with Brendan Miller (laughs) (laughs) cup of cubby blue uh, has come on since then. Wrigleyville Nation, uh, cultivating Cthulhu. Uh, what's um, Alex Pat's podcast? Uh, Chicago was it Cub sided? Cubs? No. no. What am I thinking of? They're part of the fan side. I've I forget. I there's so many now that I don't have time to listen to them all. And I I think it's wonderful that we've all also been very supportive of each other. 
and been in the same room rooms and become friends and you know done the cubs uh you know where we had a couple of cubs panels with including many of these people and then it turns into like you know me being on uh outside the ivy with Luis and michael and they're from bleacher nation and then you meet brett and you meet you know evan altman and john Felice, all these people i'm gonna i'm not gonna start naming names even though i already did uh because there's too many people and you're gonna leave somebody out uh from this decade uh if you have somebody specific you want to shout out go ahead but they're just gonna make people mad at you no, right. just just in general is I, I think about how it's all kind of interconnected and the people that I've met and the places that I've gone and the friends that I've made through social media that never would have happened, you know, when it was just me yelling at my TV and nobody listening. Yeah, it was the same four people that you talk <laughs> that you talked to that, you know, were people that you've known your whole life and they're the only people that you ever talked to about the Cubs. And now you have this huge like world of Cubs fans out there that you can get on Twitter and talk about the, like during the game, just you don't talk to people anymore. You just tweet to them. You just tweet about the game and they talk and, and do that. You know, you have the podcast through all that. You end up with uh, club 400, you know, and the amazing things that they've done for Cubs fans in, you know, and even like Ivy Envy and Sunranto show, the the money that we've raised for different things, like that was impossible the decade prior. You Correct. know, like not just I mean, starting. Nobody, yeah. nobody would have ever believed in 2008, 2009 that you're like, you know what? By 2019, you'll have raised $10,000 for charity through all this stuff. Or just all the communities that have evolved. I mean, I've seen everything from, uh, you know, friendships to engagements because of Cubs social media Twitter. It's it's just the goofiest thing that you could have never predicted, like you said, the decade prior. And then Oh, in the number of deaths. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. All the parents <laughs> that have died. Especially, so many people died right after 2016 because they're like, yep, I saw it. <laughs> I'm out. <laughs> Uh, no, but we've done a lot as a community for each other. And like, that's the thing that like makes me continue to do this podcast and want to be involved with it. Cause like, let's face it after eight years, <laughs> you know, you're like wondering, you know, all right, well, what is this going to be? Like, got to make it better or, you know, different. It's different now. Crawley's on it now. And, um, but you know, the reason I keep it going is, is because of I get to talk to you guys all the time and I get to throw events that you all come to and we make amazing things happen with other members of our community and I I just can't say enough about how much it's basically saved my life and given me a reason to live. So, uh, I mean, the music alone, like just inspiring me to, you know, and encouraging me to write all this music, you know, and now we're going to make a, a record, which is probably like three years too late, but still like, you know, uh, it's put me together with so many amazing people, you guys included. Um, and I, I can't not mention, uh, like Sarah Sanchez, who came on as Ask That Ma- Master, our Ask That Master of the Past, Mike Leonard. Um, Johnny Anamatapia, who won the World Series this year, talking about the Nationals. Um, Eric, our Brewers fan friend. Wheelo Wheelo. Uh, Dennis, our Cardinals fan friend. Brian from the Pirates. The Rally Banana, who's come on. Uncle Mike, who everybody loves so much. 
And um, we need a Reds guy now because the Reds are going to be good. We had that one guy on. Oh, he talked like a mile a minute. Oh, yeah, it was too much. He was he was very into it. He got me so excited. I was like, "Yeah, I think the Reds might be third <laughs> place like, this yeah, year." They were like dead last. <laughs> and uh, and of course, uh, Josh Nelson from uh, the Southside Sox po- podcast. Um, they do a, a great work uh, on the South Side, and they've got a lot to be excited uh, about. And we've been dealing with them since the very beginning. So that is going to be the team in Chicago this year that might be the most exciting oh yeah they're the 2015 cubs yeah. but maybe the 20 20 cubs are kind of like the 2015 cubs because you got that right mix like i'm gonna go with hope we have to it's the off season it's the last show of the the year we lost last year and um the last person i want to shout out is of course lyle laker who for years toiled toiled on this show um and uh, we miss you, Lyle, and I hope you come back and uh, at least say hi sometime once you're done uh, with your new whatever the fuck you're doing. Cause you wanna... <laughs> I don't even wish him Merry Christmas because fuck that guy, <laughs> you know. <laughs> so, um, I don't know. That, that's how you get a we miss you on the Sunranto show. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. We miss fuck you. Fuck guy. you. Fuck you. Good riddance. Uh, I, I had a... Uh... So, Lit last strap beer just yet, just yesterday. In fact, and thought of Lyle because he was we. That was a conversation we had. Oh, I don't know. All right, but yeah. Every time I drink bootstrap, Lyle, I think of you. So uh, he doesn't listen. <laughs> you got to text him. Um. So uh, TFCs, last TFCs of the uh, century, no decade. Be better if it was the century. This one, I don't know why it made me laugh, probably because I was in college in the late 90s when the uh, swing phase was going around, swing music. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the Athletic Chicago said, Shahadev Sharma's baseball dreams died long ago, but that didn't stop him from stepping into the cage with the Cubs' new director of hitting. And John Greenberg, who also writes for The Athletic, wrote, Shahadev Swings was also the name of Shahadev Sharma's short-lived dance TV show during his cherry pop and daddy's phase. <laughs> <laughs> So just uh, the fact that he was able to get cherry pop and daddies, you know, when you talk about decades ago, that's like 20 years ago. Michael, yeah, you got no one? Kidding. Yeah, I got one. Uh, Blackhawks season Allison wrote, at this point, the Cubs could just make up names and say they signed them, and we wouldn't even know if they're actual players or not. <laughs> Pretty much. So my, mine goes dark. Uh, my first one. <laughs> anyway, Matt Latos who you might remember from the Cubs beating up on him when he was in the Reds bullpen. Um, I'm Facebook friends with him somehow. He came up as somebody you should know. I'm like, yeah, I do know him. And I was like, click. And he was like, click. And then now we're friends. So um, he says, so I'm just finding out that since my parents have only seen their grandchild five times, which is very far from the truth, they aren't allowed to speak to him, FaceTime him, or get to know him, they're lucky they get to send him presents for Christmas and his birthday. The only times my parents have seen or spoken to Landon in the past three years has been when we've been together and I FaceTime him. People are disgusting. Well, just one. Wow. 
pretty dark. So, uh, well, but that's not even my TFC. <laughs> Whoa, what? Yeah, that... yeah. Okay. So Kevin Manny says, Matt Latos, I do not know you, but focus on pitching, dude. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Stick to pitching. You have a once-in-a-lifetime talent of an arm. Quit worrying about bullshit that is holding you back. And then Matt Leto says, Kevin Manny, yeah, you're right, man. I should say fuck my parents and my child and worry about baseball. Great advice. You should get paid for your opinions. <laughs> and, then, and, then, and then it goes on. So there's uh, that one. Anybody got anything else? No, I don't. All right. I, I got some more. Um, by the way, the Marquee Sports Network had a hell of a launch of their Twitter guy. Um, everybody just comes for everything Marquis says because the Cubs off season has been shit. But um, I was one of them that came for them. Uh, but I, I won't read this one. You'll have to go back and look. But I had another good one. Steve Stone. I've got all these Christmas pictures. <sighs> Sorry, Radio Death. Radio Death. All right, here we go. Uh, Steve Stone says, I have I have to stop tweeting for a bit. Because I fear it's affecting my affable personality. <laughs> the Sox have been active this winter, and they already have some of the best young players in baseball. Haters hate. Complainers complain. Trolls troll. The Sox will be exciting. Lots of runs. And Larry Jones says, Sox have been hating on the Cubs for years, and you know it. I rejoice every time something bad happens to them. <laughs> <laughs> and uh steve stone I, I i i forgot to screenshot this but he's like it i, I believe is what steve stone said was no one cares larry <laughs> <laughs> i can hear that in his voice too yeah like in my mind i can hear steve stone's voice just no one cares larry no one cares larry so good stuff there, there's your there's your white socks shirt yeah, no one cares. No one cares. Yeah, black, black and white. Obvious shirts get on this. No one cares, yep. Larry. <laughs> um. So yeah, th there's the show. That's what we got for you. Um. I don't know. Happy New Year. Happy New Year. There, you know, there's going to be a lot of stuff coming up with Cubs convention. So and the unconventional. So there's just going to be plenty of Cubs to be talking. And before you know it, spring training. Games. Yeah. Yeah. Hopeful New Year. That's what we should say. Hopeful, because that's what we got. Pitch lab, hit lab. Let's call it. Let's uh, go computers. <laughs> Yay! <laughs> go computer Cubs. Go computer. <laughs> can you can you say that backwards? Spagog and Spagog. One more dismiss track from my buddy Bill. Joe West got run over by a Rajai, calling strikes one night near Halloween. Bill can say umpires are not too old, but as for me and Bill, we disagree. Bill'd been drinking too much old style. Was that a strike? Was that a ball? Rajay Davis slid into home plate. And Joe just couldn't stand after the fall. Joe West got run over by a Rajai. Calling strikes one night near Halloween.
Bill can say empires are not too old. But as for me and Bill, we disagree. Merry Christmas, Bill. VR training platforms like the one developed by Fundamental VR and Orbis International are helping surgeons train over and over before operating on real patients. As you practice each skill, the muscle memory starts to develop. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. As you write your life story, you're far from finished. Are you looking to close the book on your job? Maybe turn a page in your career. Be continued at the Georgetown University School of Continuing Studies. Our professional master's degrees and certificates are designed to meet you where you are and take you where you want to go. At Georgetown SCS, the learning never stops, and neither do you. Write your next chapter. Be continued at scs.georgetown.edu slash podcast. Welding instructor Alex DeClaire knows VR training platforms like ForgeFX help students master their skills. There's a big learning curve with welding. Virtual reality simulates that exact muscle memory that they need. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact.